0: To me I'm, I'm gonna present it in this way i'm putting my tinfoil hat on it felt very organized and pre-staged i mean from the sense that casey puts his blog post out in 20 minutes there's a spaces 20 minutes into that cypher and the warnl hub team said they're creating an indexer and then 20 minutes after that to's offering a hundred thousand dollars you know to the first rune team building something I don't know, it felt very inorganic. Felt like this is something that had happened or has been in the works for probably a few days to a few weeks already. what do you think?
1: Certainly possible. I always believe in the best of people. So I lean that way. And certainly I had zero knowledge of this ahead of time. My gut did not get that feeling, but that's not to say that's not possible because I'm sure Casey and those guys, you know, Cypher and, and uh, Charlie have had discussions about a better erc 20 protocol. 100%. We've all had those discussions, right? So
0: that is totally possible. It's this technical debt versus social capital conversation that is always at the heart of most Bitcoin controversies. And there's definitely authenticity to the both sides. I think it just depends on if you could find a happy medium. Generally, people don't. And we've seen what's happened the last few times and i think this is kind of where this is leading yo adam what is good sorry that space has rugged me man for a second so i I fucking hate when that happens man you know when you're you know when you're on the the other phone you have to set up the emblem account and switched profiles last second
1: oh dude it's like you know you, you do all that stuff everybody signs up for it and then it's like two seconds in it rugs i love that (laughs) oh
0: man it's just like brc20 right getting rugged right as you get started (laughs)
1: oh my god we got so much to dig into what a what an awesome space last night it was really cool having casey on the space last night i mean it was a big space i don't know spun up and four or five hundred people in the space obviously dgen's looking for the next big thing to draw interest i mean and here it is man here it absolutely is. Yeah, I got a lot of
0: hot takes here. I think there's going to be a clear winner from this battle, and it's not going to be the Ordinals Protocol. So we will dive. <laughs> we will we will dive into that. Very interesting. I'm going to let uh, a bunch of people come on stage. I want to say some GMs. Businessman, what is good, man? This guy is a rune hunter.
1: <laughs> is that, does that already exist? <laughs> It's created the entire yeah, space. Gonna
0: rename himself Moon Hunter, bro. I'm a hunter, no. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh Chris, what is what's good, bro? GM Yo,
2: GM GM. Uh, feeling good. Love uh, love a bunch of the energy that all this is bringing back. It feels like it's kind of like reignited so much energy going back into Bitcoin, so much competition. So super stoked. Love where it's heading, love people just creating, experimenting with new things. And so, yeah, I'm stoked on it.
0: Hell yeah. King Boo, what is good, bro? Yo, what's good, Jake? What's up, y'all? I literally just
3: woke up. I saw this space. I'm feeling controversial today. (laughs) Um, the, The space has been, like, extremely fire. Like, I felt the energy. It's been really fun. So, looking forward. And we also have that inscription number debate later today at 1 p.m. PST. So,
1: yeah, I thought the inscription number debate's now over.
4: The, the Somebody
1: said in a great tweet it was like, This was Casey's plan to, to take all the attention away from Ordinal's numbering. <laughs> I was like, That's smart. Okay, I mean. It is a great
3: PsyOps. I wish I, I don't know the intent. I just know that it's PsyOps. I just know that this motherfucker probably did it on purpose, knowing Casey. So, we'll see.
0: Yeah, I, I talked with Domo last night. Domo messaged me like a few hours after the spaces and he's also got some very interesting perspective on this. I invited him, so I hope he'll hope he'll make it. If he doesn't, I'm gonna let him say what he has to because I think it'll be pretty interesting what once he posts what I think he's going to
1: post. Awesome.
0: Yeah, Adam, I wanna take your first thought. I mean, you spun up the space alongside TO. You were a co-host originally with Casey. To me, you know, I'm, I'm going to present it in this way. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on. It felt very organized and pre and staged. I mean, from the sense that Casey puts his blog post out in 20 minutes. There's a spaces 20 minutes into that Cypher and the Ornall Hub team said they're creating an indexer. And then 20 minutes after that, To's offering hundred thousand dollars, you know, to the first rune team building something. I don't know. It felt very felt very inorganic what do you say?
3: That Tre- the Trevor last part was fuzz.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it felt very, it felt like this is something that had happened or has been in the works for probably a few days to a few weeks
1: already. Add, what do you possible. say? Certainly possible. I mean, you know, I, I always believe in the best of people. So I lean that way. And, and so, you know, uh, certainly I had no zero knowledge of this ahead of time. So my gut says, my gut did not get that feeling. But that's not to say it's not that's not possible, and it's certainly not to say because I'm sure Casey and and those guys, you know, Cypher and and uh, Charlie have had discussions about a better BRC twenty protocol. I hundred percent, we've all had those discussions, right? So that is totally possible, and it does have that that vibe of of. Kind of the lead or developer obviously casey wanting to move away from brc20s i mean he's spoken out pretty publicly against it in the past so it definitely has that vibe and literally if you listen to the re-listen to that space my first question to casey is why dude right if you are the most anti shitcoin coin guy ever you know why and his his response was you know pretty solid which was basically you know two things one is like well if i don't do it somebody else is going to do it so it's like this kind of preemptive thing and so if we're going to do it let's do it the way that is best for bitcoin in theory but at that same time and i didn't really challenge him on it because there were so many people wanting to speak and stuff like that but if so why not fully form the idea you know have other you know high level devs like cipher look at this thing and actually build it out preemptively so that it's a fully formed idea rather than pull put out a blog post kind of half baked and so in that way that that's kind of where i'm sitting on it which is like does and and, you know i don't know so i don't know where it is exactly but i can understand that feeling from you because you know that that's definitely a possibility
0: yeah i mean it to me it really. It it really clears the air that there was more to this inscription number debate than just the inscription numbers. Free seed socially been socially attacking BRC twenty for quite some time, for, for a few months now. And this is I think he realized that you know you can't FUD degens because it only just reinforces the idea of what they're doing. Yeah. So now he's gonna try to right curve it and and you know deploy what he believes is, you know, a technically superior kind of protocol. It's going to be tough. I I think he's, the question that I asked him yesterday really said it enough for me to what what I, uh, it says a lot about at least Casey, in my opinion, where the majority of that whole entire interview, he was on stage. Everybody was asking him, you know, very technical questions. He's a brilliant. Dev, he's a genius. It seems like he's really missing a lot of kind of this social capital idea. And so I proposed a question on his decision-making. And said, "Hey, you know, over the last few weeks you've made some very controversial posts. You've also initiated some pull requests in the GitHub that you didn't vet anybody about. How do you go about you know evaluating this social capital versus technical debt? Do you take into the community do you take the community into consideration when you're you know proposing these type of ideas?" And he basically responded and said, "No, he doesn't." He said, yep. he did. He said, it's just not something that, no thought,
1: right. He just is oh, like, no, I don't think about any of this stuff. I just do. Right. Which is, you know, that's really possible. Right. Mm-hmm. We may be giving him kind of more credit, you know, than warranted. Like he's some, you know, most people don't, you know, think 10 steps ahead. It's just not, people are not like that. And even somebody who's quite brilliant, like Casey in a developmental, you know, in, in dev work and, you know, obviously blockchain and stuff, might not think about the social ramifications, and we've kind of seen that with, you know, his CoinDesk interview and stuff like that, where he just flies off the seat of his pants, and people love, you know, so current social media loves that, right? And it so it may not be there may not be some master plan. It just may be him flying off the the hip. He's absolutely winging it. I'm gonna call him BZ in a second, but I
0: I was talking with uh, with Bunsy yesterday. You know, I'm on the Omnisat team, so there's probably some bias here, and and what what I'm saying. He's also in Vegas. I'm going to see him after this. I They were kind of asking like why Casey would even go this far. Like it was really caught. I was really caught surprised that he, you know, create a competitor where it's kind of the situation of like, Hey, D gens go play over here, go play in this other kind of land and get off my protocol. And I was like, you know, Casey's been pretty controversial the whole, the whole reason he stepped down is because, you know, the maxi culture and like some of the people behind the scenes basically told him to cool it after that coin desk interview. And I tried to find that coin desk interview. I think they took it down actually. Oh, really? I, that was one of the most wild interviews I've ever yeah. seen in crypto history. Dude. That was that interview. If you could find that interview, that interview on CoinDesk with Casey, absolutely insane, dude. I, yeah. I think it really showcases kind of a, a little bit of, you know, unhinged nature to it. Um. So I guess we'll see, man, it's, it's, to me it's this technical debt versus social capital conversation that is always you know at the heart of most bitcoin controversies and there's there's definitely you know authenticity to the both sides i think it just depends on if you find if you could find a happy medium generally people don't and we've seen what's happened the last few times and i th- i think this is kind of where this is leading to but go ahead bz i saw you had a very spicy take this morning as well <coughs>
5: So, what tape did you read? The, What's what, it, the, the, the one, one from which one? He's like, I have had like ten. Which <laughs> one, dude? Uh, the one, the one that I.
0: The one that I read. You said that this is only going to accelerate the adoption of BRC twenty.
5: Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, well, I, I'm still excited about the fact that we have something called Rooms now, right, by Casey. Because, like, whatever engagement that happens in Ordinals is probably just going to onboard more like users and more attention uh, since it's on Bitcoin. Uh, So I'm actually pretty happy, uh, regardless of what's going to happen with Rooms. I think the reason I wanted to raise my hand was because I joined a Chinese Twitter space like this morning, because I just woke up and suddenly I saw, oh, I basically missed this whole announcement, (laughs) because as soon as I slept, Casey basically posted his blog post about Rooms. So I just woke up to a shitstorm, like kind of like chaotic Twitter. And the Chinese community was pretty interesting. I actually have a, a guy who translated some of their opinions uh, for me. So I guess I could share you guys uh, what he actually texted me. Uh, if you guys want to hear it, of course, Please. but yeah. yeah. So this is actually kind of my first time reading this because he just texted it, but he's basically saying this. Casey's tweet today was explosive news uh, for our entire Chinese ordinance community. I've observed. Uh, that after the new tweet was posted, multiple financial media outlets, and this is in Chinese, uh, rushed to report on the matter, indicating that there is still significant interest in Ordinals itself. Let me provide you with an anal- analogy uh, to convey our perspective. Imagine Casey was originally the king of a nation, and he had a son named Ordinals. Then Ordinals had a son of his own named BRC20 under the governance of Casey's grandson, BSC 20, the nation prospered. So the Chinese community really loves this, like BSC 20, right? And people all around wanted to live in their country. However, recently Casey had another child with a different woman and they named him. In summary, Casey is an idealist, but the art gallery he created has turned into a playground for speculators, which has made him very uncomfortable not only has his art gallery transformed into a big casino, but Casey also holds a negative attitude towards fungible tokens itself. In this blog post proposing the Rune protocol concept, Casey concludes at the end of the article, stating the world of fungible tokens is almost irredeemable. Filled with deception and greed, the proposal of ruin protocol concept can be seen as Casey's radical treatment. For the ordinance Protocol, despite being its founder, however, in the world of Web3, he cannot unilaterally. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's not
1: for everybody, man. Yeah, that one's a tough one.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. But yeah, uh, he cannot like just by himself eliminate what he perceives as the tumor, such as PSC twenty, which he believes is (laughs) parasitic on the ordinance Protocol. Um, So he presented this idea, this is the art gallery. And if you want to continue Dijen, I have an idea. How about everyone goes to the big casino, Dijen okay or not? So basically, uh, well, the Chinese community is actually kind of upset about this, I assume. And I think what was concerning for me, at least, was the fact that with all this, with the renumbering of ordinance inscriptions, Uh, it's kind of concerning, right, that a person can, can, like the creator of Ordinal's protocol can have this much power. Contrast Satoshi Nakamoto, right, where, well, that person or group does definitely not control what happens to Bitcoin. Uh, So I think, yeah, there's some general concerns in the space around this. Uh, But yeah, uh, I just wanted to share this. Thanks, guys.
0: Dude, yeah, this is an incredible read. Casey is wielding a lot of his power. I mean, I would be pretty burned too if I had spent, you know, the last six months or I guess four months or was it five months, building out on the BRC twenty protocol only for the creator of that underlying meta protocol of Ordinals to say, "Hey, I I am vehemently against this. I'm even going to go so far as to try to ostracize the entire community." and manipulate them and move them to this completely different protocol that's not even ordinals. It's something else that's built yeah. off of Operaturn, which is what Counterparty was built on, which is what he also <laughs> calls a shit coin. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense, you know? It, it really feels like this, like, hey, kids, go play over here kind of situation. Yep. And, and, you know, Unisat just raised, or at least the rumors that they raised at $50 million valuation, You think you're going to go get this team who just got, you know, who just raised from Binance to say, hey, let's flip the switches and go support this BRC20 protocol or this Rune protocol. To me, it just feels very unlikely. And also, you know, Domo just created the Layer 1 Foundation and they're building, you know, I guess it's an on-chain indexer on Stacks, which is a cohort of OKX, Unisat. Who else is there? There's There's like five to, oh, Best in Slot and there's two other ones. That's a lot of power. You know, that's a that's a team that is formed over the last 6 months to figure out the issues with this protocol. I think it's a big slap in the face to say, "Hey, everything that you guys have been working on over the last 6 months is is basically bullshit and yep. you're going to use this instead or I'm just going to openly attack your protocol consistently until you guys actually leave." And uh, you know, I'll get into a little later kind of where I think this is leading to, but you know, I've been inferring it on on my uh, account for for the last week or so. Yeah, Let's
3: go, Boo. So I'm bringing up the point earlier where you guys are talking about Casey just kind of does things and kind of has no plan, just does things on the whim. That's what it feels like for sure. But yesterday they merged two gets to the main ord protocol and it had people hella controversial because it's talking about how we should have consensus over before any changes, stuff like that. And understand that there has been half a billion dollars put into the space in volume and liquidity. But at the same time, Ordinals was never discussed as being a DAO or a decentralized protocol. And if you go on the main site, it still says Ordinals Alpha. So I just wanted to take your guys' opinion on that.
1: Yeah, Adam, you want to take this one? Decentralized, I think, (laughs) is... This is a tricky word, right? We see it all the time in the crypto space, right? And decentralized, when you have a strong leader like Casey, it's clearly not. I mean, it's just not. He can he can wield power over this protocol and so the the i mean that's the kind of the beauty of satoshi disappearing right that the in a lot of ways that covers up for for things that are not great about bitcoin i tweeted about this morning you know about you know that satoshi has a million bitcoin right we in the bitcoin community we don't even really talk about that but that is a massive risk to bitcoin you know it's a massive risk to bitcoin that Satoshi may be, you know, a criminal or the CIA, right? There are massive risks to Bitcoin that we kind of just gloss over with this immaculate conception idea of Bitcoin, right? And oh, would be crazy. and we, we're we're you're bumping up against though what with with ordinals, what a strong founder can do, and and so the reality is is that the idea is decentralization, but with somebody who's so influential. It's basically his protocol right now, right? And the reality is, is this actually is a potential opportunity for the community to say, actually, you know what, this is ours now. That's actually a possibility that if the community really wants to take control of ordinals, this may be an impetus and a a possible kind of launch point to actually do that. I saw an earlier tweet today it was a good one about the founder of Dogecoin, right? Guy hates Doge, right? The community was just like, well, go screw yourself. You're out. And he was out. And Doge is, you know, has this ecosystem now. Then he hates his own coin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally hates what? it. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he, so- left, he left Doge for Adobe.
1: Yep. Gone. Gone. Gone Adam.
0: That's fake as fuck.
1: No, it's crazy. And so uh, so in a similar way, the reality is is that the, the community could if if you know if enough people and enough groups with power want to, they can totally take uh, ordinals away from Casey if they want to. Yeah. The, the claim has been,
0: at least from what I've read or listened to what Casey said and, and Danny from Onchain Monkey and uh, some of the ordinal hub guys, which they all seem to kind of uh, be leveraging each other. They're saying that, you know, this is ordinals 0. 0.9. And the whole idea of dropping the inscription numbers is so that it's finally ordinals 1.0, and then it moves out of the beta stage. And then that's like the kind of like official stance. So I guess they're trying to get rid of of all of that to you know kind of I guess optimize the platform. the The thing that confuses me too is he hasn't really stated what the what the intention is. Of course, he likes BRc twenty, but it are it are all these like upgrades, yeah. quote unquote, for the reason to make ordinals more approachable to developers and institutions. Right? Do you want to? Is he trying to move this past kind of this like retail stage? move this into this like more professionalized protocol to get, you know, more liquidity and more type of interest. He hasn't really stated any of that. And this is why every time I'm on a space with him, I try to challenge him on his decision-making and it just seems like there is no process to it, honestly, (laughs) which is, which is, you know, kind of unfortunate, but I'll go on deep to Dima and then Bugsy right after.
6: What's going on guys. Thanks for having me up. Yeah. A great conversation here. Uh, I just want to comment on a couple things on kind of the, misunderstanding and the misuse of the word decentralized the ord client that's what's decentralized mm-hmm. it's kind of like the bitcoin core client right that's built by a group of people and like any bip that that needs to go through is decided by miners okay and that's like that's like their own group so like if you are partaking partaking in the ecosystem while it is you know you're free to you're free to run your own node but and that's the decentralized nature of it right like like if if 100 nodes go down in china like there's enough people running it that you're gonna still have network connection you're still gonna have a currency and uh be able to transact but the actual development of the bitcoin core is as decentralized as any other open source project right and ord is just like another open source project so that's there was never a claim that Ord is decentralized. Running the client is decentralized, and you deciding to choose the most popular Ord client that, you know, supports BRC20 or doesn't or whatever. Like that, that's kind of the choice that the community and, and the social consensus can make. Yeah, so kind of what agree. you were saying, how yeah. hey, maybe people don't like the directions that the ordinal client is going, and maybe other people decide to fork it and do something that's, that's better to expand upon BRC 20s. Cause like you said, pot- potentially $50 million um, to Unisat and they're, they're big on BRC 20s. Maybe that's a future, but the only thing that is decentralized about ORD is the fact that like, we're all running the client. We make it decentralized, but like the development of ORD, just like the development of Bitcoin core is as decentralized as any open source project. So like, there's kind of a, I think a bit of a misunderstanding there. I also wanted to say as far as. BRC20s th- th- it's, it's almost a shame that it was the first thing that came out because sometimes the first thing isn't the best thing. And I I spoke with Domo and I, I think he's brilliant. And I'm, I'm I'm happy that it became a thing. But guys, transfer inscriptions, that whole the whole thing is like is so crazy. It is so, so So impractical,
1: dude. Again, this is we have this discussion all the time. This is devs versus use case talking points, man. This is we don't need to go down this road. Like I understand from a development standpoint, all devs say it's a piece of garbage, but doesn't matter. It that doesn't matter.
3: Standpoint: having to transfer your BRC20 inscriptions is like the worst thing on this planet. Like if you want to sell your BRC20s like in portions, like it could take you hours just to get it through got got to Bitcoin wants to take. I don't care if you put up two hundred million see. dollars into it, right? Well, like it's never before. Yeah. So. Anyways, you know, what? fine. Yeah, that's been that's been discussed as
6: ad nauseum. So I'll, I'll I'll. I
1: mean, I'll you know what I'm it saying? That. It's like, look, dude, the the keyboard sitting in front of your screen right now, is the least efficient keyboard on earth. Yet everybody on earth uses it. All right. Yeah, but the difference the between, between technology technologies that have mass adoption win. Period. Full stop. So I agree. The reality is you've got to not only build a better mousetrap, but then you've got to convince a whole community of people to use that mousetrap. That ain't fucking easy, dude.
6: Fair. So so what I would say is that my main gripe with runes is that it doesn't run on Ord, because I think that the social consensus of everyone running Ord and that the decentralized nature of everyone choosing to run the same client and, you know, the whole like xkcd standards meme really applies here right if everyone decides on a standard it's much easier to just keep that fucking standard i I fully agree with that i think that there is a better implementation that uses the ord client that will allow some kind of shit coinery i don't know if a runes is it i don't know if brc20 is it however i do think that there is a possibility that whatever takes hold and is the best to use there's no reason that you can't like I know Casey hates the word bridge, but I don't really know another term for it, a bridge to whatever the new client is. And uh, yeah, I'm pro that if that happens about like,
3: on a space yesterday that he was thinking about, including it in the org client, but it doesn't get hella complicated. And there was no reason for it. Yep. So it's something they can
0: do.
7: Randy, yep. did you have something to say?
1: Ooh,
0: some spicy ordinal's wallet takes.
7: Yeah, I have a lot to say. (laughs) Summarize it in one sentence, bro. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Uh, going to be good. So everything that Ox Dima Dima said was I agree with. I I gave you a follow, bro. That That was good speech, bro. I will say that obviously we knew from the day BRC20 came out that it wasn't a practical fungible token standard and that probably another one, would need to be created in order for fungible tokens on Bitcoin to take off. Now, runes themselves are interesting. You, they're not nearly as decentralized and on-chain as BRC 20. And I don't fully understand it. I'm not the guy who really has to understand all this stuff deeply, but I will. And I'm, I'm learning. I will say that you have, you can't, you can't deploy and then have a fair mint on runes. You deploy all the tokens straight to a wallet, which is interesting, right? Because then whoever issues those tokens, if you were to just mint those tokens for a dollar a pop, let's say right away, you're immediately getting into territory that is not necessarily... You might need a lawyer. Let's just put it (laughs) that way. That's an interesting take on... Tokens, right, especially as a competitor to BRC 20, because um, it's like dangerous. And I don't know, we have now ordinals, which is a way to like trace every Satoshi in existence. And now like runes from Casey, which is like a kind of a sketchy way to deploy tokens from the perspective of the deployer himself, not not the consumer it makes me wonder if Casey is like some kind of government actor or something. I've no idea. (laughs) It's, it's possible. And uh, there's that take, there's that take for sure. And then the other thing is, is really just. Yeah. People need to understand runes are runes are not ordinals. This is an entirely different fungible token standard for Bitcoin. It's interesting. And because it comes from Casey, it's going to get a lot of attention and we're interested in, in building, on the next big thing on bitcoin so we're going to be messing around with this stuff and the fact that we're the fastest and we're staying up all night just to just to build something on this everyone's going to say that our stuff isn't the real stuff, right? We're already seeing Sci 4 come out and say, you know, oh no, this isn't the way you're supposed to do it. I'm going to write up a blog for it. <laughs> It's like, how do I know it's what I'm supposed to do when it, it hasn't been built yet? yet? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, well, actually we can build it in any way and yeah. probably our implementation is going to be the best because ours is usually going to be the most practical and the one that is geared towards the customer and what the customer's needs are and how the customer is going to use it in practical terms yeah. so you know we're gonna fight that narrative battle of like oh no this one isn't the real one you know mine's the real one because we're gonna make the one that's the most practical and it it, it adheres to the standards so a lot of shit going on a lot of drama i don't i don't really like the take that hey you know casey wants to destroy brc20 it's guys brc20 was built in a way that was just not really like a good for a fungible token it's just not a great fungible token standard
0: yep interesting yeah i do want to come back to the kind of forecasting on what's going to happen next between this inevitable is code law or is casey law kind of situation but i do want to call on the other hands first so we'll go on to bugsy and then farmer joe right after
8: yeah thanks guys Oh, sorry, Adam. Do you want to say something before I go? No, no.
0: and then uh, Trip Monkey right after Farmer. So go ahead.
8: Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to obviously emphasize a couple things what Randy was saying, especially with the 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 minting. Ox Dima made a good point about the GitHub. I mean, it's 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 not a blockchain, right? We we love to kind of compare ORD to to Bitcoin and and nodes and such, but really, it is a GitHub. And you know, the more people that are running indexers, the more quote unquote decentralized it will be. Right? I mean, even Satoshi in the beginning made arbitrary changes to, to to Bitcoin without any permission because he was one of the only people running uh, a Bitcoin node at the time. And then as you know, that network grows, as more people index or, well, run run nodes for Bitcoin, it becomes harder and harder to make uh, changes. So I think that that was a great point. And I think we should just be more realistic on uh, our expectations of a GitHub code. Maybe there's a fork, but I mean... I, ideally, I, I would like to keep everyone <laughs> in, you know, in consensus or like in agreement so that we don't like just have these like kind of alternate, you know, kind of hubs of people. It is odd that that Casey's kind of trying to push BRC20s off of of his, you know, quote unquote baby. That is kind of odd. And I think that's kind of his goal, maybe. But I, I agree with Adam. I mean, at, at the same time, the, you know, the liquidity kind of decides and, you know, BRC20s aren't really going to be going away. I think st- people will still use them, and you know it, it is permissionless in that sense. So if if they somehow push something that excludes BRC20 somehow, there's there would definitely be a fork of people that'd be like, "What the fuck? Like we're we're definitely not leaving, and we're we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this." I, I think it's funny that some people are proposing different standards. I remember, I remember back in the day with ORC20 where they were proposing, yeah, you know, where you can inflate the supply on demand if you were the issuer. And I thought that was pretty funny and everyone kind of shat shit on it. So maybe that might be, you know, a downside. I, I, I don't see, I don't know, like the, the mousetrap thing was also interesting with, you know, you have to kind of convince people to to, to go over there. So it, it it's it's going to be interesting. And, you know, obviously we're talking about it. So it's raising a lot of questions. And yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant.
7: Let, let me just do one more uh, take and then I'm going to let you guys go. But the, uh, the other thing is that Ord client, I, first of all, I'm vehemently, I'm very strongly against getting rid of inscription numbers. I don't understand why. I don't think the trade makes any sense. Like, what are we trading away and, and what are we getting in return? And it it's just not really there for me. So I'm totally on Leonidas's side on, on this take. And, and we at Ordinal's Wallet are currently running some older version of Ord. And we can continue to do that. So, like... It's really up to the builders and the service providers and the space to decide kind of what version of, or they want to run. And we could potentially run on, you know, version 0.4 or whatever we're on for a really long time. So. Hey, Randy is like, I, I, I heard a lot about,
8: you know, eliminating inscription numbers and I don't think that was really the goal. They're just adding sequence numbers so that we can basically build on something that's quote unquote, true to block uh, to Bitcoin. So you can know the exact order of things that took place. I don't think this narrative of getting rid of inscription numbers is valid. I think, I think that's a, a, a big misunderstanding. And I don't think they're going away. I don't think Casey's trying to get rid of them. That's not the case. So I, I've seen that kind of been happening around Twitter a lot and saying, you know, do you, do you want to get rid of inscription numbers or keep them? And that's not the argument at all here. So I don't know where that that narrative came from.
0: Yeah, I, a lot of it's getting lost in the interpretation of, of I guess intention of why Casey wants to remove inscriptions. This is what I kind of proposed a little bit ago. Is he's hasn't really, they haven't really discussed why. Right? Are they trying to scale this past retail to be, you know, more of a commercial type of thing and for developers, or is it just because they hate BRc twenty? Is it because of this, you know, this idea of a junk UTXO or spamming the blockchain, which always al- also always seems to be kind of at the center of controversy. I mean, Adam, we just saw SRC 20 in the Stamps community go, with, go through this. What was that, like three, four months ago? Yeah, it was probably
1: like four, four or five months. Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around that, yep. I mean, we actually saw the whole, the, the numbering issue that ordinals are, are dealing with, like that happened in the Stamps community like week one. They recognized, holy cow, We've got some stamps here, which technically probably should be stamps. We're not a hundred percent sure, but we think we should include them. And it's going to require a reorg of numbers. And there were people obviously with 69 and 420 or whoever were going to be impacted, you know, and uh, they made, you know, Mike and them were just like, you know what, we got to bite the bullet. And it's better to bite it now than kick down the, the can down the road, which I advised them to at the time. Cause it was just like, Just made sense, smaller community, less pain, you know, couple of people impacted and they made that switch early and uh, it was the right thing to do. And I I think again, it's like, we were talking about this in April and Ordinals has now kicked it down the road again and it's more pain. And uh, it's almost like now it's to the point of inaction because it's so painful to try and fix this. And uh, it's a bit of a bummer, but uh, what are you gonna do? Man. Yeah.
0: Also, the early days of ETH scription. we also had this with Tom when we were helping. Exactly. Album was helping with these scriptions. I think it was literally like the second day there yeah. was an yep. issue numbering, and Tom didn't even ask community; he just went ahead and make the executive decision when there was only a few hundred people there. Yep. Very tough. Farmer Joe, bro, what is your thoughts here? Are you a rune maxi now?
2: Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm uh <laughs> So here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. Listen. At the end of the day, we're still using Bitcoin. Right? Like, and, and I think this is, this is where we have to decide, are we ordinals maxis or are we Bitcoin maxis? And, and by having this, this limitation of ordinals not be able to do tokens properly, or at least up until this day, having kind of a separate team or a separate focus angle to focus on fungible tokens on Bitcoin is actually going to be a net positive for Bitcoin in itself. And I think the one thing that people don't understand is, is we're still on Bitcoin. Like your x wallet and all the wallets that you're using, eventually you will have applications and websites that are going to be interoperable or running both clients at the same time. And the user experience is not going to feel like you're bridging off of an ordinal community or an ordinal specific product. It's all just going to be one one front end. That's the way I see it. I think what Casey, you know, is where, where he's coming from is he doesn't want to keep this consideration from a development angle to, to to really have to appease both sides of the market. You know, he he built Ord as a non-fungible kind of protocol and that's his area of expertise and his focus. And he really just doesn't want to upkeep the ordinal's client to flexibility that allows for tokens and, and where he's coming from. And I understand, and this rune standard that he's proposing is, is kind of, you know, another direction where other teams that are more capable of developing on it can do the right things and create something that is much more fluid. And, you know, I talked to Domo actually literally two days ago, we, we had a, like an hour long conversation and he was telling me like, Hey, like, you know, I, I think BRC 20 is here to save for now but I don't know if it's going to be here forever. Anything new has to basically do things significantly better. And I, I posted this yesterday, but it, it, it's, it's comical that one tweet from Casey and you already have more developers developing on Rune than you ever had on ERC 20 I don't think that's true. Well, okay. I, yeah, I'm probably stretching the truth a little bit. But now you have Ordinal's wallet, you know, they, they they were the first ones and I think people are trying to discredit them a little bit to inscribe the rune token. You know, they pre-mine the, the whole supply and, and all the governance tokens are now in the, in their team. So yeah, they basically run the protocol and it's their protocol as far as I can see. Right, Randy? <laughs>
0: I I agree with you, Farmer Joe, I think, uh, I mean, if you have a few people kind of look at the specs, and if they've deployed the exact code of what was presented in that blog, then, you know, it it becomes this idea, which is actually kind of an interesting situation, where it's this first is first, right, kind of idea, which is what BRC20 and what Ordinals has historically ran off of from the social consensus type of idea. Or is it this kind of block height thing where they say, Casey has to determine when the, when the protocol is gonna be activated at this block height. And that's where you get the like, right, Casey, is it is law or is it, or is it code law?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm of the view that, that it's code law. Like we're using Bitcoin. So let's, let's, let's stop this, this whole madness that, that we're creating this like layer two protocol of validity or non-validity. Like everything on Bitcoin that is first it should it should you know be true to to bitcoin and itself and maybe, maybe that's kind of like the the code maxi and me talking um but i don't think that we should necessarily have these like activation layers because then we start getting into you know this this whole concept of you know are we a layer two how do we decentralize governance and so it's open source and it's on bitcoin so let's just Keep it simple and, and, and keep it classic now the other thing that you guys talked about is kind of the, the pre-minting of, of tokens now i understand the brc20 you know uh, objective and, and i guess how it worked on ordinals is, is you hello. mint in a, in a fair launch perspective and obviously that was yeah, a cool methodology but i think if you look at how tokens are done on any other chain you know functional actual utility tokens and, and tokens that accrue value over time none of these tokens are inscribed to own products they're they're either distributed through you know a, incentive mechanisms or actions of users or teams that that raise money and distributed to, to co-investors and, and, and you know eventually to users and so I think runes is really more true to how tokens should be done in the longer duration of time. I get it, everyone wants to pump their bags and inscribe things for free and, and make off like a bandit, but that's not really how tokens work.
1: <laughs> so well, I, that uh, I might push back a little bit on you there because I mean, I think uh, I, I pinned it actually in the, uh, in the comments, you can see it there from, from Bugsy, and he wrote, you know, fair mint greater than pre mine. And I think, you know, one of the, the great things about BRC twenties was this kind of innovative approach to to minting of tokens, you know. And I, I think I don't I, think it's I, I, I agree, you the, to I, just I, I agree with you there, but 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 here's the counter argument. Like that it, it came
2: at a time where there wasn't necessarily a lot of eyeballs. And so it felt a lot more first is first and free at the time. Now, when you have tens of thousands of users all chasing this, this same mint, you know, then, 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 then we're not really going to have a fair launch, right? It's just going to be who's going to set their highest fees on the transaction and who's going to just ape into a launch sure. more than others. And, and, and you know, the, the, the distribution mechanics just don't work when you have hundreds of thousands of people looking at the exact same thing chasing uh, a free mint or, or, or a free launch. And so while it works, when things are small, when things are, you know, at scale, like we have right now, it doesn't necessarily works, or at least you have to modify the distribution mechanics to, to make it feel more fair. Right. That that's, that's my perspective on it. And, and BRC came at a time when no one was looking and everyone thought it was kind of, maybe this is nothing. But obviously, you know, we have a very different take on runes where everyone really does see, you know, the potential in this. And, you know, the, the moment that, that, a, that a free mint is possible and is live, it's not going to feel like a fair launch because there's going to be a high concentration of, of whales uh, that are going to be noticing this opportunity. And, and that would be in like myself and a bunch of people here, honestly.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'd say I, I hear what you're saying. And and it's something, it's funny. I mean, we're having this discussion as part of the reason I put out that kind of video today. It's like the idea of what is a fair launch, what it is, what's a distributed launch. And you could say, okay, well, I don't know, Litecoin was a fair launch, right? Like anybody could go mine it right at the beginning. It was like enough people knew it was going to happen, but the number of people who were ready to mine it were like five people in the world. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I'd almost push back and say like, look, the the dot, the Sats BRC20 launch like possibly the fairest launch ever because it took like six months to min out and you know what i'm saying i'm not saying we're done and i'm not saying like this is the best way to fairly distribute like tokens like i th- i think we're still years away from like the next best thing but i do i you know i, I just want to lean in a little bit to like the kind of innovative nature of this where it, it does allow us a bit more fairness than kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah,
2: but, 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 Jake, like, I, I, this
0: understand is that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Adam, we're, we're on a live oh, stream. Jake, it's
2: like,
1: no. I would never say that. That's Adam's is terrible take.
2: <laughs> no, no, Adam, like, like, I think Sats is obviously a very fair launch, but you also have to keep in mind, like, if, if Sats had a lower supply, for example, um, then it would have a, a lower market cap. And the reason why it felt fair is because it was very accessible. But then you you know, from a holder's perspective, you have to accept that this thing is launching at a fifty to hundred million dollar market cap, from a from a token perspective, based on the fees that that is that that it takes to to mint it out. Again, like yep. just a counter argument to, to to this. But but yeah, like that that's the way that I'm seeing it. If it was like extremely free to 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 inscribe, you know, sats. Let's, let's call it like a penny per per transaction. This thing would be gone within you know, I would say five minutes.
0: Sure. Yeah. So Casey actually came out during that spaces yesterday. He is not a fan of the decentralized first is first versus first type of mint style. He did say that on the spaces. Uh, We're going to go Trip Monkey, OX Dima, and then Shubba and BZ. Jeez, a lot. Let's keep keep it going,
9: guys. All right. I'll try and make it quick. So thank you for giving me a chance to come up. Can you guys hear okay?
1: Yeah,
9: yeah we got you, man. Okay. Uh, thanks for giving me a chance to talk. A little bit of background. So I've been doing software development a long time, probably on the older side of the, the demographic and um, very much on the outside looking in. So please don't take anything as like a judgment thing, or, but it's really a request for a little bit of education. Because, you know, if I go back to like the late 90s, early 2000s and a lot of the development I was doing there, you know, there was this really real thing called DLL hell where like all these dynamic link libraries were versioned and there was dependencies. And and it was just a mess to get get software running because of all of the, the, the dependencies and things that you had to go through. And 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 a lot of importance to, to versioning and, and semantic meanings behind the version numbers and everything became very important in, in the software development world. And like I have seen that the this whole ordinals things on like a point, point nine. And one of the big things about making a major increment to the, the 1.0 is it needs to from there until 2.0, everything has to be backwards compatible. So figuring that stuff out now is is probably what's driving a lot of this. But like knowing that it's kind of labeled alpha software and it hasn't had a 1.0 release right now, like what kind of blows my mind is we're figuring this stuff out on mainnet, where where people who have way less of an idea of what's actually going on under the hood, I'm 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 putting my paycheck into like alpha software. You know, to me from the outside looking in you know, that that's not not the coolest of vibes right so like could you could you explain to me like why all of this alpha and pre alpha and pre 1.0 development is being done on mainnet where you know the the instinct is to build on it as quickly as possible get it in front of a customer as quickly as possible so that you can make money as quickly as possible as opposed to doing this stuff on a test net where we can do this with you know make believe money and and not put people's funds at risk.
0: It's I think- it's a re- Oh
8: go ahead, Bugsy. Go ahead. Oh sorry I was just gonna say you're you're preaching to the choir obviously, but the fact is it, it was released, right? And and a lot of money was put into it. So that it it's hard to be like, hey you know all that. You know, five hundred million dollars you spent on on fees and and buying these things. Yeah, like we're just gonna scrap that and and start over, right? It's a it's a little bit more nuanced than that. But uh, sorry about that, Jake. No,
9: you're no, good. I appreciate saying. it. That, that's just where like to me, that's where the discussions should be. Like, how how do we how do we handle release management? How do we handle versioning? How do we handle dependencies? How do we handle this and doing that on a test net? Before we rush everything up to the main net and, and get everybody else involved,
0: Yeah trip. I mean I, I would say just there's a few components to it. Uh, one of it's kind of just it's that's how it's been culturally done since the beginning with with Bitcoin, right? It was launched in this kind of like beta you know stage, but people still decided to invest money into it. Also, really, in my opinion, what really runs crypto is network effects. And if you've seen historically, the first to market in this space is generally the winner. Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency, Ethereum was the first smart contract platform, Monero was the first privacy currency, right? CryptoPunks wasn't first, but they were in that first kind of area of of getting cultural relevancy. And so if you can get this kind of, you know, this this breakaway network effect, then you're generally going to win and you could fix it, you know, as you're kind of flying the plane, which is basically what Ethereum is doing. And they said that the merge, right, was basically upgrading the plane while flying it. And I think a lot of users see that and you just try to model it after that because that's what's been historically done. And, you know, one case I would show, which is really this idea of, hey, let's test things versus let's, let's just throw stuff at the wall and use this as a playground and see what happens is Ethereum versus Cardano, right? They're both two, two different people who are co-founders of Ethereum. Cardano wanted to go through this academic model of testing things before pushing it to mainnet and they've just historically fallen way, way behind of where Ethereum is today. And I think a lot of, a lot of users really look at that and say, Hey, I don't want to be Cardano. I want to be, you know, I want to be the first to market. And that's where you see this race.
9: No, I can appreciate that, and and you know I'm coming from the the point of, you know, this is my my first real kind of cycle being involved. I would I I do I work in software consulting, you know, and a lot of clients, well, until they completely pivoted to AI, you know, are, are talking about blockchain and build, and and they're, you know, to some degree they come to the big consulting firms first because the big consulting firms are already in there, and. And dealing with something like ordinals, like when you're dealing with an ordinals wallet or like maybe Unisat and, and, and this kind of discussion is one thing, but when you have someone like, like a Nike can c- committing funds to building on something like that, like there, there, there needs to be a little bit of either they're going to have to train to adapt to the culture or the culture is going to have to train to adapt to the big corporations. If you want that, that, that big money to start moving in so it'll it'll be an interesting thing to watch
0: that's a very valid point and well welcome to the community man it only gets crazier from here so i hope you're ready a lot of things don't really make sense (laughs) because it's just because this you know the whole entire crypto industry is purely digital space it's really i would say probably the first maybe outside of uh, the meme economy that really only exists on the internet and now it's trying to find its way into the real world so a lot of things are really backwards and you have to think about a different kind of paradigm that's existing here, but really, really good point. Call on Dima and then BZ afterwards. Hey, thanks again. Just wanted to
6: comment on a few things. So DLL hell, that throws me back to my first software co-op. It was a C plus C++, C-sharp, like Windows application, dev, job, and fuck. DLL hell is a real thing. Trying to write an installer when you're, you know, some kind of like, you know, early 2000s, late 90s uh, piece of software. And you're not really sure which DLLs are included or are actually necessary. That brings me back. I did want to say something that I was trying to bring up in the first, my first speech, but it was, I forgot about it because I had a lot of things to say. I think it was Jake or Adam. You were saying the point that uh, the future of ordinals, at least from Casey's perspective, hasn't been entirely clear to you. I guess. That was me, yeah. What he's spoken about but i actually kind of disagree he's on record so many times said that like digital curios digital artifacts that is what that's what he built it for but but that's getting
0: lost in his own terminology though right you can create your own you know terminology for a protocol and say this is where it's going but that that's not clearly defined to those people who didn't create the protocol of what it what what the intention is here
6: right 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 but i mean as reg- in regards to the future of what they're doing with ord and why they're getting rid of inscription numbers or you know not getting sorry i know that's a contentious thing to say but maybe adding a sequence number the reason for all these features and anything that is that is got kind of getting pushed in as a pr on ord right now is to make the digital artifact ecosystem better like they want to have collections, real collections with JSON metadata. That way you can define traits, which, you know, if anyone who's coming from F like traits are sick, you want to know how many of your frogs have a fucking McDonald's hat on it's important. Okay. It's an important part of, of PFPs and even just like, even just like, uh, you know, something that even is more like fine art, some kind of generative fine art. You want some kind of metadata on there. So. That's what they're pushing for. Same with like the provenance with, with uh, the parent child, like every single PR right now is trying to push the ability to do more with digital artifacts. Unfortunately, that does not include like optimizing BRC twenties right now, because obviously that's, that's, I think a bit of a bastardization of what it was built for. Even if I like BRC twenties, and even as a dev, if I think it's like ridiculous and I do like them, I, I, I love any type of in- innovation where you're given a very small set parameters and you try and build something that is bigger than the sum of, of of you know, of, of, of the parts. I love that idea. And I think BRC20s is that, right? It's like, okay, we're only given this, but we can somehow build fungible tokens, even though this is not meant to build fungible tokens. That's why I commend Domo and also just anyone trying to build something innovative that is inside of Ord that isn't exactly Digital curious. But they had to have known, or at least I think it's becoming clearer that the whole point of Ord is to push collections, digital art, digital artifacts. That seems to be what the uh, core development team has on the roadmap. If you look at like the open GitHub issues, that's what they're kind of pushing toward, to, to maximize the ability and, you know, the features that you can do with digital artifacts and you need provenance, you need metadata and getting rid of inscription numbers or not supporting them officially, I think is the, the right thing to say is will make their jobs easier to do all those things like multiple inscriptions on the same set, set things like that. Um, that's kind of where they're going. Uh, I think they've been clear about that in my opinion. Anyways, love the conversation.
2: Let's, let's keep going.
6: Just to quickly chime in, I think be
8: clear about something and create something with with an intention, but other people can push it in a different direction. And if it still works within the rules of that protocol, then, you know, I don't see an issue. I, even with these new sequence numbers that they pushed, um, I don't think, uh, it breaks BRC twenties or any, anything like that. So, you know, if we want a permissionless system, then, you know, I don't like you can frown upon but they'll still exist and people are still going to kind of use it. Right. In the uh-huh.
1: way that they, and that's all, that's all I say. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, just that's just the really beauty hard. of, that's the beauty of these sort of systems, right? Is that m- their best laid plans is we making it for art and artists. And then everybody's like, screw that. It's better <laughs> for shit coins. And, and then, you know, they lose control of it in that way. I mean, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. I do appreciate I wanted to point out to uh, the, the guy who just stepped down that the guy who was like, how do you, kn-? He's he's new in the space. Uh, anytime you hear somebody pronounce ETH as F, you know <laughs> that person's been in the space since 2015. So that, that's that's a that's a so Odima, I appreciate your pronunciation of F and you're obviously an OG. Welcome.
6: Uh, yeah, I'm a, I definitely hear the first pronunciation, and I just <laughs> it's impossible for me to unstick it. And I've been called out for that so many times, by the and, way.
1: And- so it's it's the mark of an OG, man. Don't don't I ever give it up. It's a Canadian thing.
6: I just want to say, I think it's like a sad Z thing. I think F is a canadian thing one more thing i want to say fuzzy. the whole reason why i said um like fuck, i think brc20s are ridiculous but the fact that they were able to build that on top of ord whatever you can build on top of ord i support i love the idea Fuck. let me give like an example okay like like if anyone's done music production ever in their lives if you go to like a what are they called digital audio workstation a daw okay and you want to build a song with like a synthesizer. There's so many options. There's almost too many options, right? It is such a wide number of knobs and tools and things you can build. Whereas if you have like an amplifier and two guitar pedals and like one signal, you can make something so much more innovative by being in such a small box. if fact, if you, if you understand the analogy I'm trying to make, limiting yourself to just the ord envelope and what you can build on it is so much and you know knowing everyone's going to run ord is so much more enticing to me than kind of doing like oh let's build another indexer for runes I, that's why i don't like runes the whole reason i don't like it is cuz it's not using ord i think everything should be crammed into what ord is and we should just innovate on top of that as best we can anyways yeah
8: yeah yeah, I think that's well said, and I, I agree. Like, you know, splitting up, you know, a group of people into two and then four and you know eight, I, I think that really like affects the liquidity that will be drawn into to those systems. So I, I agree. If we can have an umbrella uh, of ORD and and have everything in it, and you know, <laughs> you know, st- still still uh, be nice to each other and and figure out ways to interact with each other without, yeah, having these uh, crazy vendettas against each other, that would be awesome. I, I
2: I fully agree with that
0: yeah it's a you know it's it's a good idea fragment fragmentation only leads to a loss of community members a loss of developer activity it generally does not go well i mean think about this if you're in if you're in domo situation what do you do do you continue building on ord where the creator is hostile to your protocol and is now creating competing protocol on a that's built on a different type of foundation so do you stay there and try to build it out or do you go make your own protocol or you say something like, Hey, I'm going to fork ord the 0.9. Cause it's still in beta. And then I'm going to add these type of upgrades to it to make the RC 20 compete so that it can compete against runes in its own form to where, you know, I can't be attacked or, you know, make the protocol not benefit, you know, this type of fungible standard because, you know, when when new fungible currencies are created it is going to get some sort of adoption and this is going to be a competition i don't see it any other way at least right now it does not seem like a friendly type of thing that's been proposed at least what this was doing right casey is very aware that whatever he puts out people are going to go build it and people are going to go ape it right so the question is then do people ape rune and some of these new protocols and then you know take the money and funnel it back into brc20s or do they say, hey, I like this new shiny object, and I'm just going to stay here. But it is also very dependent on the type of infrastructure that could be spun up, right? I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of people, Ape Rune, right? Whatever, Randy, and you guys do over Ordinal's Wallet, and then whatever the competitors do. And you're going to realize there's like two marketplaces that are supporting this, or you have this infrastructure of you know dozens or maybe five or so wallets that support BRC20, you have all these marketplaces that support BRC20. And so I think it's going to be kind of interesting, but I'll propose that question. We'll come back to it later. I'll go on BZ Overlord the Nilly.
5: Yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to shout out first uh, of all, like Bob uh, Buddy Lee, because I can see he's here. Like, thank you so much for writing the whole long, like, long post about uh, BRC20 versus uh, Runes comparison. Because that really helped me today uh, when I had to write uh, for Ordinance Global. Ordinance Global is also a speaker, but I'm the one who's controlling it. So uh, yeah, it's just to attract more people to the space. And of course, like piggyback on the engagement farming. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, my, the thing I wanted to go into is I was actually really curious when you mentioned that we can just, like uh, the community can basically go against Casey and just I don't know. Like, are you expecting that we are able to fork ordinals, or what did you mean that we could take control over the ordinals? Like, the community could take control over the ordinals protocol. Because, as I see it, if you're referring to forking, I don't think it's it's very unlikely that that would be successful. Simply because I think you would have to rally Magic Eden, Unisat, Ordinals Wallet, Experts, like all those marketplaces, right? Like, and wallets. In order to do that, because we already know that Bitcoin Classic didn't work, Ethereum Classic, like all those previous forks in crypto never really got adopted, like, which was, yeah, from the community. Uh, So what did you actually mean? Like, how could the community basically take over control in the sense that it could be the Ornus Protocol could become more decentralized uh, in terms of, yeah, where the power lies? instead of just like one centralized person.
0: Yeah, I think Adam and I both had differing ways to go about it. I'll go with mine, then I'll I'll let Adam go right after. You know, my my thought is, you know, with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, the fork, you know, it, it failed because there were miners who moved over, but the developers didn't. If you're Domo, right, we're just speaking in case of a fork here. They're already creating, or they already have a cohort of five different entities who have these indexers spun up OKX, Unisat, Best in Slot, and there's somebody else, right? So I think, from a, at least from a business perspective, right? If I'm operating Unisat, it's going to be much easier for me to just add whatever the new fork is with a few upgrades than it is to integrate this entire new protocol. Like, you know, Adam, I've been at Emblem for now a year. And developer activity, development is tough. It is a lot easier to add a few different tweaks than it is to basically build this whole entire protocol that has no liquidity, where BRC20 has $300 million of historical activity. So just putting on my pure business hat on, if I were these types of protocols, like OKX and stuff, it's already easy to do this because they're also dedicating resources to building this on-chain indexer. And now Domo also has this cohort of other meta protocols who are also joining on. So I think it'll be, I think it's, you know, a much easier way to kind of flip that switch. If there is a case of a fork, that's just speaking hypothetically in that case. I think Adam had a different approach without a fork.
1: No, I mean, I'm on a similar wavelength to you. I mean, there are lots of different ways it could, it could happen or go about happening. And we've just, we've seen it happen just with the numbering, right? It's such a contentious issue and there was even talk early on before casey fine kind of finalized the idea of cursed ordinals you know there were some high level devs who were like if you don't do it well guess what we're gonna spin up a new indexer and maybe that's going to be the indexer people use and create a a rift in the community doesn't necessarily have to be a hard fork but but splinter off the community and splinter off attention and we see that all the time in crypto when you splinter attention Things can go really, really bad. So I think in in a lot of ways it's it's good in that it provides this this kind of carrot or stick to have Casey act and and Casey and the core kind of devs act in a way that's kind of they have to listen to the community because if they if they act so inappropriately, the community does have that power to kind of use different mechanisms to to kind of do what they want. So yeah, I I, I don't think we're anywhere near that. It's just it's it's there. This is like, I mean, it's kind of the reason why we haven't had a final kind of done, done on, on cursed is that maybe it's because the community got so big, so quick that movement couldn't take place raw with stamps or inscriptions or whatever it was 50 people and the devs kind of felt powerful enough just to do it. So I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to add to, before we call on overlord, you know, I, I think a fork is probably the worst case scenario. I do think that the BRC Twenty community has a lot of leverage in this situation, and I, personally, I think that the decision making by Casey Tiva proposes is one of the worst leadership decisions I've seen in quite some time. I, j- I just do not think this this is going to end well for for
1: the Ordinals Protocol. Go it's ahead, or- it, it, Jake. It, I, it, I don't know how much time Bob has. We might want to get to Bob real quick. I think he had to scoot out of here. But yeah, I would love to hear what Bob has to say.
0: And first I'd also appreciate you for always putting out these technical protocols. I've I've commented now with the Batman uh Bob signal meme three <laughs> times and you have not responded to it
10: one time. I'm really offended. I haven't seen any of those tweets. Maybe you're like shadow banned in my replies or something. <laughs> really? I'll need to like go through your pro profile and just like all your tweets so the algorithm knows that I really <laughs> appreciate Jake's content. Um no i mean i'm sure you guys already talked through the majority of of things i mean last night was a really fun time it's been a while since you know we've had a good a good race to the to the to the first is first implementation that that felt pretty good i know lots of people were pushing on it and i know lots of people made lots of progress early on in the night you know just trying to digest the blog post and then later on I mean, there are some pretty interesting decisions that you have to make as a developer trying to implement the runes protocol based on Casey's blog posts. I mean, we don't, all we have is a blog post. We don't have a spec. We don't have a reference implementation like this was not the most ideal circumstances to start a dev race to, you know, create the first, the first token, the first rune, but I think at this point, I think someone has created the first one. I don't know which one it is because it depends on how the protocol is defined. I know some people were, you know, trying out like three or four or five different ways just in case the protocol was defined differently. And I know some people have made better decisions. I guess what I mean is there are like when... When you create an indexer or when you're doing something like this, creating a new protocol, there are all of these weird decisions you have to make. Uh, One of them is, for example, um, Casey mentioned in the blog post, and this was one of the comments on my tweets, but you have to decide how you're going to encode the ticker, which is the symbol. And it says a base 26 implementation similar to how sat names work, except sat names is weird because it counts down instead of counting up. And it, it doesn't use A equals zero base 26. It uses A equals one base 26. And so depending on the base 26 conversion that you use, you your your ticker might be HM or your ticker might be GL. It just depends on how the encoding works. So that's one wrinkle that like who would ever think about this wrinkle in, in a protocol uh, or in a blog post until we actually have like a reference implementation. Uh, and there was one other one where it was, regarding like the actual encoding of the integers, which I think it makes the most sense to just use the Bitcoin native way of encoding bar I know that's what UTXO detective at Ordinal's Wallet was doing. That approach makes a lot of sense to me, but well, it wasn't clear from Casey's blog post exactly how the encoding of those integers was supposed to work. So anyway, quite the party.
0: Yeah, to to say the least, Bob. To say to say the least, I don't really know what's going to happen here. I, there's going to be a lot of battles, I think, over the next week, at least internally, for the Rune Protocol to decide what's what's the right implementation and sorts. But I'm going to be looking for your technical write-ups so that I can really understand it from a from a smooth brain perspective.
10: Go ahead over. Oh, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, I was I was just going to say one more thing. It's kind of crazy, but it's almost like whoever gets the first indexer. The first, whichever marketplace gets the first indexer, has a lot of sway in what the protocol actually looks like, Um, potentially. There's also, I mean, starting out this messy is kind of a problem because I know lots of people are pushing on this. Let's assume someone pushes out an indexer and there's a marketplace and people start trading runes, and then Casey decides that he wants to have an opinion on the specific. On the specifics of the rune implementation and now he actually releases a spec and let's say the spec is in conflict with what has already been implemented and now you have this messy scenario where we're already in a place where we have you know multiple implementations of the rune protocol and people have already put money into certain tokens so i don't know it's we're kind of treading on shaky ground here by building fast before Before we've had some, you know, some more information around the actual protocol specification. Yeah,
0: completely agree. Well said. Go ahead, Overlord.
4: Hey, just some high level thoughts and I'm still catching up like everyone else. So my apologies if I get any of the nuances wrong, but you know, just the community rift, the sort of will Rune displaced BRC 20 discussion overall my my thoughts are that we all kind of agree that this is catering to the shitcoin market that's an interesting proposition trading directly on chain for many reasons even you know the the dexes on ethereum are a bit too slow for true high frequency trading and and stuff that market makers can do on cexs so the way i see it is that if it's almost like the winner will be determined by what the cexs really adopt and push because that will be for this particular type of coin in my opinion will be the sort of driver of of adoption and you know volume and so i do wonder what it looks like out there for the current brc20s who may be relying on similar sort of functionality if you will and whether they're going to move into the rune system or if anyone's heard any any plans for anyone that's going to convert over or or if any of that's already been sort of brought up yet or you know tbd
0: yeah, i would say a lot of this is really tbd at the <laughs> end of the day <laughs> right there, we, we, we're still trying to figure out what's the what's the real rune there's already a lot of conflictions of people debating what what's the right way right now i think again we're probably going to have this conversation maybe later today or sometime in this next week is is code law is it what ordinals wallet deployed is the first rune or is it what casey says at x block high activation that'll be the no, interesting. Jay,
6: that'll be interesting it's not it's not as code law it's is bo- is blog post <laughs> that's where we're at everyone has to remember yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah.
8: yeah. Yeah, also, this is what, 24 hours old? I mean, right, like we're we're literally chasing the next shiny object right now. So I think obviously those questions are yet to be seen. And I, I think like a competing standard, it can't be just a little bit better than the existing one. It has to be 10X, 100X better than the current implementation for all of that liquidity to move over. So I think that's uh, something that we'll have to be um, kind of looking out for. It's
0: a very, very, very valid point. Go ahead, Nilly. What is good? Good to see you. If you guys don't know, Nilly was one of the OGs of the colored coins back in the early days. One of the true pioneers on Bitcoin for a long time.
11: Thank you, Jack. Nice to be here. So I want to bring first the female voice, which we seem to have less and less around. Uh, even just the pitch. (laughs) So uh, that was the first thing. And then actually, it's also, I guess, the female voice in uh, other aspects and also the maybe older and wiser a little bit, Uh, wiser in terms of having a lot of experience uh, in the space uh, through the times. So uh, when I was creating my tokens back in 2014, My main, uh, one of my ideas thought was that it is a token over Bitcoin. It's over the uh, Bitcoin network. And thus, no matter what happened with the protocol, uh, it can totally die. Okay, no, it can be no one, uh, like no one would run it. But in the minute one node would run it, my tokens will come alive again. So as long as Bitcoin exists, every sidechain, every protoc- protocol that is based on Bitcoin can uh, come to life again. So uh, this goes also for uh, the discussion about the forks. It's not like the fork, like the Bitcoin fork, that in the moment you fork, you have miners... Uh, Mining one uh, chain, the other miner mining the, the other chain, and you can't uh, uh, you can't have those transactions ever uh, recorded on like the fork transaction ever recorded on the original chain. Um, this does not happen uh, with all the side chains or with or or, or whatever you call it, because. In the minute you run the protocol, you got a transaction on the protocol and and those transactions are being transmitted to the main Bitcoin protocol at some point. If not directly right away, then it can be every few transactions or whatever. Uh, but eventually it finds its way to the Bitcoin protocol and this protocol keeps, uh, the ledger p- keeps keep being alive and whenever you, uh, jumpstart the other protocol again, you are starting at the point that you ended so um it's almost like if we'll take it a few we'll think we'll we'll think uh, a few years ahead uh, eventually all protocols older one is a counterparty and new the newest one would be able to be run on one application that would basically run all those protocols. And all those tokens from all different protocols would be able to, to exchange with each other. That, as long as Bitcoin keep alive, eh, all those protocols can interact with each other and revive and uh, live together, and not, nothing is going to go lost.
0: Got it. So, so, so Nilly. so basically what you're saying is looking at this on a longer time frame, it's probably healthier for the meta protocol ecosystem to spin their protocols off of or off of ordinals into kind of their own single standing kind of protocol.
11: Exactly, basically what I'm saying, the more variety we have, mm-hmm. uh, the more options or, or discoveries we'll have. And it doesn't, Take away from the original one. Right now, it does, but in a in a while, it's not because it's it would be really easy to run all those protocols and and keep every asset alive based on the protocol that it was uh, created because everything runs on Bitcoin.
0: Again, yeah, yeah, Is I, it Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. It makes sense. So you're saying it's different from Bitcoin because there aren't miners that are going to be affected based off of If Ordinals is forked, we'll use BRC20 for as example. If they fork Ord client and create their own BRC20 self-sustaining kind of client, the the transact or the miner fees are still going to be transacted. Miners are still going to be paid the same amount, unless there's some sort of optimization, but it'll be the same. And having a more variety of more self self self-standing meta protocols on Bitcoin is healthier for the ecosystem long-term than all of these trying to exist in this kind of like all of these existing on ordinals where there's kind of this tor- turmoil that exists, you get that right? Right,
11: right. And and maybe for a while, you know, some of the, uh, the market going to move away from one protocol to another. And, and then uh, you may consider this old protocol almost as, as dead, but those uh, assets still exist in the minute you run this protocol. So, uh, it can always revive itself, and it can uh, utilize, be being utilized then for 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 different things. Um, so, what I'm saying, it's not as critical as a fork, and it's actually, as you say, healthy for the ecosystem to uh, be free to do many uh, things, which which are less consequences than a fork is and and if an asset has a value for whatever reason it can retain this value along the uh, you know uh, along a long time maybe even as a historical asset in the end <laughs>
0: uh, yeah yeah <laughs> adam adam what do you think about nilly's take right we've studied the history of bitcoin we've seen all these protocols pop up do you think uh, it's healthier long term to have all of these individualized into kind of self-sustaining meta protocols turn your mic up a
1: little bit Sorry, man. It's it certainly my dogs were barking. I had my had them, <laughs> certainly her Nelly's point about being built on Bitcoin is is solid. I think we all agree with that. I think that's the differentiator, you know. But these could be forgotten. I mean, this is the thing, right? If the communities kind of go away and twenty year, I mean, we we talk in hundred year timeframes and stuff like that. But no, let's not fool ourselves. Keeping people's attention for that long requires more than just small bag bias in the short term. Like it requires. A complete movement of people towards something that that's meaningful over the long term. And that's really, really hard to do, but that it is built on Bitcoin. What has the the best option or the best possibility is of lasting long term? I think you Nelly's know, got that right.
0: It's almost like standardizing, right? It's like ERC-20, ERC-721, ERC, you know, 1155 here. You can have, you know, BRC-20, BRC-21, BRC-2022, and they all they all exist. I
1: mean, yeah, I think you had the best take earlier today, which is like, oh, is this Counterparty? You know, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, you know, thank God for Pepe's, right? Pepe's have kept Counterparty alive to a large extent, right? But the thing is, it never really truly dies, right? It can always be brought back. And so uh, we've seen that, saw that with with Doge Party. And uh, so there is that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a good take by Nilly.
0: It is a really, really good take what's good xco man did you have you first have you agreed with any of my takes during this conversation
12: brother man when when we're talking about runes i i i'm still like uh, you know, I'm just watching with popcorn. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, uh, this is fascinating stuff. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing, man. What I wanted to say is, you know, and but by, by the way, the lady who explained her points, I think she, you know, they're very interesting, intriguing ideas. Dickbutt protocol, you know, actually <laughs> solves a particular pro. No, Dickbutt protocol is on tap protocol, by the way, but I call it Dickbutt protocol. Now, so something that Bob Bodilly—I hope I'm pronouncing his name the right way. I don't know, you know, if it's bodily. Say or Bob. Bodily. Yeah. Is it Bodilly or bodily?
10: Nobody knows. What? It's it's like bodily harm or bodily fluids or bodily.
12: Pain. <laughs> that's that's the kind of bodily. I, I can live with that. Okay, so Bob Bodilly wrote this, you know, fantastic, you know, like explanation on runes, right? because Casey kind of gave us a bit of like you know obscure information about it you know but he did he did say one point which i thought was very interesting he said and this point is also also relates to brc20 he said like, for instance if you want to do an airdrop to more than 1000 a 1000 addresses it's gonna be super difficult, you know, to to do it. So that means that that's one problem why you know it's hard to scale maybe BRC twenty and you have all these problems, and you know that's not gonna go away with runes, right? So imagine you wanna do a token airdrop to ten thousand people, but you can only do like a thousand. Now on Tap protocol, for instance, with Digibud, what we are actually doing, for instance, I'm making people inscribe. I want, you know, this uh, token, right? Deep out. And then <laughs> the, the people who actually inscribe that inscription, which is a, you know, an ordinal an, an inscription, we track them and then those wallets get airdropped. So in that way, we're also getting rid of bots because there's a lot of bot minting happening, even with the Sats mint, even with the bitmaps, any token you can imagine that's going to come up on ordinals, there's going to be a lot of bots Minting, You know what I mean? And front running people. So I'm just saying we already have some of the solutions, for instance, with the TAP protocol, because I can airdrop 10,000 people with one inscription. You know what I'm saying? It saves the fees. It doesn't clog or congest uh, the system. It does not contest BRC20. It actually extends functionality to BRC20. But in closing, I just want to say what we are seeing in the ordinary space is exciting in the sense that we have builder wars. You know, we have people trying to vie for influence. They're trying to create, you know, maybe cartels, right? Like the indexers. You know, some people are already calling themselves the main indexers. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody can afford to call themselves a main indexer at this point because we're so early. Somebody could come up with an idea tomorrow, next week. Or build on the idea which nobody's taking seriously and this thing can become something you know what i mean so i'm pro experimentation but at the end of the day you know what i mean may the best technology win that's all i want to say man
0: appreciate it very very well put builder wars developer activity right good for bitcoin and the progression of you know the technological advancement could be very harmful to the community and social layer that exists on it. Time time will will be told. We'll go on BZ, BZ and then Overlord.
5: Yeah. So I just noticed like that you have pinned the tweet from uh, uh, Leon mm-hmm. about BSC twenty versus runes is the perfect test to see what end users truly value. Runes runes is objectively a better technical. Implementations of fungible tokens on Bitcoin, but BSC20 has built up strong network effects with holders and developers, especially in Asia, and can evolve if needed. So I actually want to ask you, Bob, uh, and maybe some of your others they uh, have an opinion. Like what do you guys think? Like will like will runes actually overtake uh, BSC20 in terms of like market capitalization and like yeah, builders building on it. Uh, and, A question to Randy since you're a representative of um, the Ordnance wallet, would you be up for forking the Ordnance protocol?
7: (laughs) Would we want to do it? No. Would we do it if we had to? Yes, I guess. I guess an
1: interesting thing would be like, what would would cause you to fork it? What would be a thing that would be powerful enough to fork? Say it again. What would be something that would, would cause you to want to fork it? What would be that kind of egregious where you were like, oh, no, okay, we, we're going to have to fork now?
7: I really wouldn't want to do it. Like, it would, it would have to be, you know, removing inscription numbers is cause, you know, is big enough, I would say. But, like, obviously somebody mentioned that's not what's happening. That's fine. No, I don't know. I don't even know if we would fork it or we would just keep running an older version. Because unless there's something of extreme importance that is needed in ordinals, we don't really have to upgrade. So we don't even have to fork it. We can just run an older version if we have to.
0: What about you, Bob? What's your take on the the competition? Where where are the the social advances and do you think it's beneficial maybe long-term if BRC20 forks into its own meta protocol?
10: yeah I mean, uh, regarding the rune versus bRC twenty, my favorite comparison so far is if you look at the first twenty four hours of BRC twenty already completely minted out and you had dozens of other tokens deployed. and in the first twenty four hours of the more technically efficient protocol runes, granted, it's a blog post, we didn't have a spec, whatever, but we have maybe maybe some tokens, DBD, because we don't really know. we don't we don't have fair mint functionality like we do with BRC20. Of course, we could add that to the Rune spec. And so we might have some people with tokens, but we might not. And we don't really know whether that's the case or not. So there's something to be said about the simplicity of the BRC20 model in terms of you know, the most successful fungible token on Bitcoin of all time, hands down, You know, compared to all the other token standards and put them all together. And it's still probably more successful and so like we can critique brc20 and obviously UTX, utxo bloat is a real thing and whether you agree that it's a problem or not minimizing utxo bloat is still probably a good thing and so <clears throat> yeah i mean that's that's kind of the the runes versus brc20 in terms of like where brc20 goes moving forward or like the forkability of ord there are some dangers in forking ord before like a 1.0 release There's, there's some merit to, you know, getting, getting stability and coming together as a community and compromise and figuring things out. And that's, you know, compromise is definitely the better option here. Anything that's going to split the, what is, what is the word? Unanimity, the unanimousness. I I know that's not a word. Anything that's going to like divert this consensus that we currently have on indexing is going to be painful very painful for the ecosystem. We've already seen in some cases where the indexers have diverged and it's absolutely terrible user experience for users trying to navigate the ecosystem, having different numbers or having you know cursed supported or not supported and, and other other things like that. So my while, while forking is obviously possible and anyone could do it at any time, it feels like we should all try to stick together at least until 1.0 you know, give Casey some, some space, but also, you know, get him to listen to community concerns and make sure that we're all okay with what the direction things are going.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking Uh, like, which, who of us, you know, if we think about Rune and I understand being the first person to mint a a grouping of Rune tokens or whatever, but for the fifth mint, mm -hmm. how many of us are going to buy some Rune tokens? Like who's going to be interested in that? Right. You know, because obviously if you can mint them, there's going to be the first day once people figure out how to do it, there's going to be hundreds or thousands minted. And so I mint them. Who's going to want my mint Rune tokens? Your, your Adam um, token on Rune. Yeah, my number 115 on the list. Like, where's the value of those? You know, being that they're it's not a kind of free mint. It's not a public mint. You know, it's just I mint them and now I get to s- distribute them. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Overlord, what is on your mind, bro?
4: No, you guys are making all the points that are floating around in my head all over. And first of all, we should all definitely try to stick together, make it positive, give people time to think, and don't, you know, put too much pressure. So I agree with all that. But also, when Nilly Coins was talking and, and we talked about colored tokens and rare pepes, I still have mine from Counterparty, but you guys are hitting it on the head. When that came out, I minted Rooster Teeth, and Rooster Teeth was my token. Uh, Of course, no one gave a shit but me and my three poker buddies who were using it to settle up between each other, right? We just thought we were geeks. We thought Counterparty was fun. And the, the two things that brings to my mind is i remember the colored tokens and the rare pepes the transactions got pretty expensive during the bull run and it kind of just wasn't worth it to move or engage with them at some point point. plus counterparty had their own token built in which i think turned off a lot of the bitcoin maxis or, or they weren't really called that at the time but the bitcoin you know guys that might have gone in with it more if they didn't feel like it was a shit coin and i just want to know you know from the tech side up here if the people think if everyone thinks, you know, the scalability issues might be the same as with the original colored tokens. Uh, and then from an adoptability side, you know, is it going to be better without its own sort of token for gas? Is that going to give it a better shot than the counterparty stuff? Just opinions.
0: Bob, do you have any opinions on that? I'm going to lean on you for, for a little bit of the, the tech expertise.
10: Yeah, I mean, I, I think broadly in terms of the trust assumptions. All of these fit into meta protocols, meta protocols, which rely basically they use Bitcoin uh, for their data availability. In many cases, 100% of the data will be stored on Bitcoin, um, like is the case with counterparty or ordinals or stamps or BRC20 um, or runes. Or um, they all rely on indexers. These are off chain indexers and it's a little bit different than like a bitcoin node because bitcoin actually has consensus and can reject invalid transactions whereas you know we could do a psbt and the brc20 indexer could lie and then you actually get fake brc20 but your psbt went through because it was a valid psbt so a little bit more centralization gear but pretty similar trust assumptions across the board. I would say that BRC 20 being built on ordinals is kind of an annoying dependency because ordinals upgrades now can impact BRC 20 state. And so, you know, Runes has the advantage of not being based on ordinals. So fewer dependencies means a little bit more of a, you know, efficient, elegant implementation. Um, I'm still not convinced on storing it in the opera turn. Um, Opera turn is limited to, I think, 83 bytes, depending on the version of, of the Bitcoin software you're running. 83 bytes means you could send to a couple people per transaction and then you're going to run out of bytes. So either you find miners and pools that are going to accept those transactions, or you just get tons of adoption on runes to the point where it would be silly for miners to reject all of these transactions uh, with non-standard Opera turn size so yeah from a from a technical perspective i think that's that's probably the the summary i think runes has a big uphill battle to get adoption because you essentially need all the infrastructure and the developer support in order to make a successful meta protocol so that means indexers that means open source code that means uh, an actual spec a reference implementation you need multiple people agreeing on the correct implementation And then you need wallet support and marketplace support and integrations into other other applications. And so, I mean, who has the incentive to do something like that? Like maybe there are some teams that can get some additional market share in the fungible token space on Bitcoin by building out that tooling. But BRC20 has a lot of, I mean, it's a huge head start in terms of all of the development work going on on the BRC20 side. So Yeah, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I don't know, how much weight Casey's ideas have independent of
1: market forces. Well, I mean, the reality is, is that the users came, right? And then all the developers followed the users. Like, ordinals and stuff, there was a massive interest from the user base, the collectors. And and that drove wallets and marketplaces and all this. Like, with Rune, how's that going to happen? Right. It's backwards a little bit Yeah, it's backwards. It's like, you know, if, if I'm, we're collectors and we're, or whatever we're degens and we just want to, you know, do some shit coins. Like, I just don't see the, the mechanism by which, you know, every person in this space is going to be able to make their own shit coin. Okay, great. Who's going to want to trade them, buy them and sell them. Where's going to be that impetus to, to, for teams to want to build marketplaces, wallets, and all the rest of it i don't know it just <laughs> vibes 12 hours in don't give me that feel that like there's going to be this tremendous movement towards it like i think the idea is there but with if all that infrastructure needs to be built i just i it's going to be a tough it's going to be tough
0: yeah adam we, we've i mean we've kind of seen this you know through the emblem vault lens a handful of times when a new protocol emerges right new assets are created and then what's needed when the new assets are created is you need a wallet to store them and then you need a marketplace to trade them on. Yes. This is what happened, right, with with ordinals, where the assets were created and then people were doing OTC, then Emblem came in and then the marketplaces and wallets and everything popped up afterwards. It seems like here it's the opposite where the infrastructure is gonna be built first and then people are gonna ape into it afterwards, where I feel like in this, you know, kind of authentic but clunky way of the early days of when a protocol is created when people are trying to go to discord to trade these type of assets i feel like that's where the community's built that's where the social reinforcement comes from yep. this is taking a little bit more of kind of an ethereum approach to where you're putting the, the tech and everything down first and then having people go play afterwards so it's going to take a different type of social coordination at least from from talking through this compared to some of the other things we've seen on bitcoin Agreed. So. Should be interesting to say the least, but we've gone at this now for two hours. Feels like everyone's out of questions. I know this conversation is probably going to be get beat to death until two days from now. Casey posts another controversial take to then get everyone's attention off of this, so that we could go focus on something else. Uh, a lot of things in the air to be determined. Right, like how is Domo going to respond to this? How are all the other infrastructure companies that support BRC twenty going to respond? I know there's already a handful of teams, including Ornals Wallet, who are working on Rune support. I know of specifically one more that I've talked with. Right? How are some of these, how is Unisat gonna respond to this with their funding? Are they gonna support Rune? Or are they gonna say we're solely BRC20? You've seen you know, the TAP protocol and many of them basically say we're going forward with BRC20 and TAP, we're not moving into Rune. So uh, a lot more conversations to be had to see where this social consensus goes you disappeared on me but Man,
1: you know what I, I tell you what it's hot here in costa rica today, bro Because like my 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 camera hold on a jesus this
0: disappearing on me 24
1: 7 camera is like it must be it's overheating bro it's like it, it can't take the heat today so yeah it's just like turning off i mean that one i've reset it twice now and obviously it's like in overheat mode so it's it's dying on me but anyway good stuff today yeah we're gonna be talking about this obviously i think there's a not financial advice space later today, you know, ordinals show tomorrow we're going to be on tomorrow. So yeah, this is definitely going to be hot topic for the next few days, at least. Hot, hot topic. Yeah. For those that don't know, make sure you give everyone on the stage a follow, give
0: me myself an emblem vault. We host this space Tuesday through Thursday, 1130 AM Eastern time until whenever it really ends. So we'll be back at this tomorrow thursday to's talking today i think casey has a space at 1 p.m today regarding the inscription numbers Uh, a lot of spicy stuff and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow
1: thanks guys